right, welcome back, everybody, to the Troy Boys Podcast, Ole Miss Game Week Edition. First off, let me give a warm welcome to the chairman of the board, the best in the business, the bees, knees of the seven seas, Seabass. How you doing, Seabass? Hey, hey, Joe, how we doing? I'm super excited to be here. You know, week one is right here at our fingertips. I'm so excited to see the Trojans get out there and just whip it to old piss. Absolutely. It's August 28th. Uh, we are a mere four days from Kennesaw State playing Sanford up there on beautiful Lakeshore Boulevard. <laughs> but that's not why we're here. Uh, a week from now, the Trojans will either be basking in victory or licking our wounds as we navigate Corridor X back into Alabama. Either way, Troy football will have returned and all will be right with the world. Uh, Bass, you and I came to the Troy fans faithful with a little uh, urgent update for the new quarterback arrival on campus. It hasn't been that long since the season preview. Um, there hasn't been much uh, kind of news out there in the Trojan verse. Um, two things that, that I wanted to highlight just so people were aware. Uh, one is uh, we have broken the record for season tickets. Um, last, Yeah, absolutely. Um, big time congratulations to uh, Brent and the entire staff. Um, and, you know, Coach Summerall has, has uh, you know, kind of urged a lot of this excitement. Um, but so excited, um, you know, to have over 11,000 season tickets sold. Um, you know, you're talking about a third of the stadium. That's that's amazing. So so good job on that. Also, Brandon Silvers, the Silvers Bullet, inducted into the Gulf Shores High School Hall of Fame. Um, and so although this is your line, Bass, I wanted to give him a hearty Dolphins up. <laughs> I love it. There it is. Yeah. Go ahead and throw your Dolphins up. Yeah, that's that's good. I like that. Sorry, my Roomba just went off. I'm glad it started like right after you. Oh my gosh. Give me one second. This is our first day. We just plugged it in. I love it. What are you doing, Roomba? Oh, fans. I hope they've named their Roomba. That's good stuff. We, we've named ours uh, Gerald. Roxy's a good name. Go ahead and comment down below what you think a good Roomba name is for Joe's Roomba. Let's turn our attention uh, firmly to Ole Miss. Seabass, you and I both, uh, along with the Birdman, um, who I should say, Bird, not with us today. You are going to hear him uh, for the Know Your Foe segment, so get ready for that. Um, but he's not recording with us today. Uh, he is busy gathering the perfect used straw wrapper as he builds a new nest uh, uh, to light in here during this football season. Uh, but we are excited to welcome him back and excited to have him host the Know Your Foes segment for this season. Um, but CBS, we are all going to descend on the Grove in Oxford, Mississippi. How excited are you to be going on the road? Look, I I'm really excited to see uh, the Trojans get back out there this year. I'm ready to see what John Summerall has put together for all of us. Um, you know, it being in Oxford is kind of a rough subject in my household. You know, my wife is a graduate of of the other Mississippi school in the state. Um, I hope you just put that all together, fans. Um, so I'm not allowed to say yet. Yeah, no, no, the other maroon and white fight, fight, fight. Uh, <laughs> I'm not allowed to say much, much more about this other team. Um, you know, and, and she has informed me that if I'm to say this team's name, I have to refer to them as quote old piss, which is why I started as that. Um, otherwise I'll be sleeping on the couch and uh, I prefer to sleep in my own bed. So, 
<clears throat> but I am excited to be in Oxford. I'm ready to see the Trojans get back out there on the field. You know, some of my favorite away games, I, I talked about it earlier in the preview episode. I, I think the Southern Miss game we played, I want to say it was in 2016 um, with the rain and Mega Chun. That was a great season. And I want to say that exact same season, we went to Statesboro and uh, played Georgia Southern. And if we had won that game, we would have gone bowling, but we didn't manage to pull out that victory there. In Statesboro, that was a fun game. You know, I have cousins that live out in Statesboro. They went to Georgia Southern. So it, it was a good little, little man, mini family reunion to go out there and hang out with some of the fam. And uh, it, it, was, it was a fun experience. But I, I'm excited to go to this game. I want to say this is probably the biggest venue I've seen the Trojans play in. Um, so I, I'm excited to see this. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been to some big ones that, you know, I've gone to some um, smaller schools that we've played on the road. I went, actually flew in and watched us play Liberty um, in a game where uh, we did not play very well. Uh, ended up losing that game, but but that was really neat. Um, you know, a much smaller uh, college town like Troy, uh, but still very neat to go. So excited for a season full of road trips and excited for this particular one. Um, as we break down the game, obviously, as you said, not much has changed, um, even on the Ole Miss side for this game from our season preview. Um, I will say the Grove Report over at Fan Nation uh, quoted Lane Kiffin two days ago as saying, quote, I think both guys have played better, referring to his quarterbacks. I feel really good about both guys and how they're doing. We've got a really good situation. Uh, yes, here I am in our glass house chucking proverbial mustard bottles at Joey Freshwater, but I thought that Jackson Dart was the new Eli Manning. Uh, has Luke Altmeyer, who actually attended the Manning Passing Academy for what it's worth, actually made this a true fight? Or are they hoping to turn our Trojans into the fighting Don Quixotes, pointing our fierce spears at windmills instead of rebel shark bear things? Uh, time will tell, but in my opinion, this instability at quarterback, given the huge number of other transfers most believe will be starting for Ole Miss, is one of the factors that are going to lead to the Trojans being victorious. Now, Bass, we know um, that, that you picked this one to be an unfortunate loss for the Trojans, um, but what are, so, what's, what are one or two things you're looking at uh, in this game uh, from the Ole Miss side? There are a lot of things I'm looking at, Joe, and, and, and I think I can boil it all down to one thing, and it's his transfers. Um, I, I want to say that as of right now, Ole Miss is second in the nation in the number of transfer players they have coming in, and it's second to USC. Um, oh, Lane Kiffin was quoted as saying, again, everything is new. I mean, I think that they're doing all that they can, but when you go to a fast Friday, which to everyone's knowledge on Fridays before games um, in his scrimmages, he likes to run a fast Friday system, which is very similar to their actual play style on Saturday. Continuing, uh, they're doing call outs and people have no idea what they're doing. And I'm reminded how many of them, you know, this is their first year. Um, it's going to be a continual process in quote. So Lane Kiffin all but says that with most of his team being transfers, even though they're all stout guys, when you look at them all individually, the transfers he brought in is really impressive. But in my opinion, and Lane's also kind of said it as well, they really haven't formulated a system to where all of these transfers can come together and seamlessly perform as one team. And that's something we talked about the season preview. Can Lane Kiffin put it together? And right now it's not together. And this, this was his literal quote as of last Friday. Um, and, and that when he they call something out, the guys really don't know what's going on. So to me, as a as a Troy play caller, offensively especially, we have to be quick. You know, we, we have to kind of run up tempo in order for 
the Ole Miss defensive line to not be set and ready to go. Um, Ole Miss, like I was saying, has a lot of transfers coming in. I think the biggest transfer we need to look out for is the running back, Zach Evans, um, the junior transfer from TCU. He rushed for 648 yards last year in six games, averaging seven yards a rush. He had five touchdowns. Now, when you sit there and say 648, that's that's a good number, but why only six games? Well, he was injured last year, um, and he didn't get to play the last set of games, the last seven or so games for the TCU season. So um, to see Zach Evans come in with those kind of numbers after only playing six, six games, I think will be a, a huge advantage right now for the Ole Miss offense, having lost two, two uh, running backs this past season. And there are a large number of guys. I mean, I, I have a list of maybe 12, 13 guys that I think we need to watch out for. Um, but transfers, I really think, is the name of the game right now for Ole Miss, and we really haven't seen any of it put together. You know, you can put the Lego blocks together from different sets, but is it going to build the Death Star? Again, back to the reference from the preseason. So um, I think that's what we need to watch for at this Ole Miss game is transfers. Oh, for sure. I mean, let's hope maybe Zach, uh, being a TCU transfer, um, you know, is just too confused trying to figure out what's he supposed to be. Like, am I a frog? Am I a shark? Am I a bear? <laughs> Am I a rebel? You know, what What do yeah. I do here? Um, mm -hmm. You know, that's going to take some getting used to. But you're absolutely right. Um, as we start these, um, you know, first couple of games, you really are um, kind of feeling it out. You don't know what you are and you don't know what the other teams are. It makes it exciting, um, but also a little bit harder to break down. Um, let's talk a little bit about the spread. Obviously, we're in Alabama, so none of us are doing any gambling. Uh, you know, thank you, Meemaw K, for that. Um, but other people in other parts of the country certainly are. Um, per Vegas Insider, as of August 28th, Ole Miss is a 22-and-a-half-point favorite to win. Um, we know that I don't think they cover, uh, cover and neither does our avian friend. Uh, but you have the Trojans losing, Bass. So could you mm -hmm. talk a little bit more about what you see as the flow of this game? Does Ole Miss live up to the expectations of the wise guys in the desert? Or should Trojan fans be driving to the state line to hammer Troy plus the points? Um, so, uh, with, with the spread, like you were talking about currently Vegas has, like you said, a 22 and a half point spread, the over under is a 58. So if we're averaging out all those numbers, Vegas is expecting this game to be almost 40, Troy 18, roughly in that range. Um, which is a believable score. If you had seen the Troy Trojans of the last two years. Um, but this year is a little bit different. Ole Miss does not have um, as developed of, as a play scheme as that they seem to have put into place. As again, as Lane, Kiff, Lane Kiffin had talked about, um, and Troy is being undervalued because our offensive production the last three years has been non-existent. Um, so, but <clears throat> if you were to look at some computer simulations taking into account all of this, um, uh, a lot of the simulations are averaging in the mid 30s for Ole Miss and the mid 20s for Troy. Um, so if I were to be a betting individual, I would take Troy with the spread. I, I think it's going to be about a 10 to 14 point game, like I talked about in the season preview. Um, but I still have us not winning this game, but I 100% agree it's going to be closer than Vegas thinks it's going to be. So you talked about the over-under. Um, so what do you think? You think this one is is over the wave or under the waterline? I think, it, I think we're going to be just under. Um, okay. because it, like I was just talking about the offense for, for Ole Miss is not really going to be as established and put together as we would like for it to be. And Troy's defense this year is going to be impeccable. So it's going to take a little bit of work, um, for them to get through it a little more work than they anticipate. And I have evidence to that one as well. If I scroll up real quick into my notes, 
Um, here's Lane Kiffin's quote on what he really thinks the Troy offense is going to be. <clears throat> you know, we basically have a Troy team, um, really like the service type of guys we have for the most part. We play as close to the game as we can, so the stats really don't mean anything because they're always lopsided. We actually have to create first downs to keep some of the drives alive to make our defense play more than three and outs. Um, the whole thing is just trying to create, as we say, practice like you play situations. So <clears throat> Lane Kiffin's flat out saying he fully anticipates his defense to be three and outs and our offense to be non-existent. Um, so uh, you put all that together, uh, and, and I I read this as a, an, an Ole Miss team that is undervaluing what we currently have in front of us. And you have an Ole Miss team that's being over-evaluated for the talent that they have, but Lane Kiffin openly says that his talent is not put together yet, that they, they do not have a cohesive team at this time. Now, in one week's time, that might change. But if we were to have played tomorrow, this game will be a 10-point game. Well, It will be much closer than the 22-and-a-half that Vegas is predicting. Yep, I agree. And I think if you, you, know, if you were, got hit on the head and didn't wake up till Monday morning – uh, and the nurse, you know, was a sadistic and only told you if it was over under 58 points. If it's under 58 points, that's a better sign that that Troy performed well. If it's over, I think that's going to signal that that Jackson Dart and the Ole Miss offense probably has it more figured out than we're speculating that they do, um, and that they were able to really, you know, pile it up 40 or 50 points, um, you know, and even if Troy scores 35 or so, um, you know, still a big total there. So interesting. Um, obviously, this is just for entertainment purposes only. Um, you know, so so take that and do with it what you will. But yeah, but that, don't don't, don't yeah, don't go down to the casinos out there in Mississippi and start making start making some bold predictions because we told you to. But if I were to go, that's the way I would lean. Yeah, I mean, just you know, always remember, folks, those gas stations in Pascagoula do not take checks. All right, so you got <laughs> the money to get back uh, on this side of the state line. Every year, we are so excited uh, to welcome in a fan, uh, sometimes a staff member, um, anybody related to the program we're going to play that's as passionate about their program as the boys are about Troy. Uh, it's a segment that we call Know Your Foe, and this week we're going to send it up into the air and let the Birdman take care of it. So Birdman, take it away for Know Your Foe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Troy Boys segment called Know Your Foe. Today, I have a very special guest with me. Her name is Fallon. How you doing, Fallon? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, for the listeners out there, uh, Fallon is one of my coworkers, and I happened to find out she was an Ole Miss fan, and I had to get her on here to, you know, humiliate her for what we're going to do to her team this weekend. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, I'm not really sure you guys are going to do much humiliating, considering we're at the VOT, um, mm. but we'll see what you got. Yeah. Did you, sell, sure. did you sell your tickets, or are you going to be in attendance? I, I'm actually going to be in, in attendance. Myself and the other Troy boys will be there. Will you be there? I will not be, unfortunately. <sighs> I will be in Mississippi, though. I'll be with my family, so... We'll be watching. I'll be watching with my great-grandmother, who is a big Ole Miss fan. Oh, wow. Well, I guess that means we're just going to have to find that address, and we'll come <laughs> roll to your house after we win. <laughs> I um, don't know. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Fallon? How do you feel about Ole Miss this season, and how do you think this first game is going to uh, – how do you think it's going to shape up for them? 
Well, I do think that Lane did a great job recruiting this year. I think that's always been his strength, even when he was at Alabama. Um, we got a lot of great um, people from the transfer portal. Uh, I am a little, I will say I'm a little nervous because he has not decided who his starting QB is going to be. I would like him to decide that, but knowing Lane, it's going to be a day of decision. Um, and I think that that's going to be who he sticks with for the rest of the season. Um, so we'll see. I'm, I'm thinking we're going to have a good season. I know we um, kind of lost a lot of people either to the draft or um, kind of in the transfer portal as well last year, but I think we gained a lot of big boys something Ole Miss doesn't typically have is a great defense and I think we do have a great defense this year so we'll see how it goes so you mentioned you mentioned the quarterback uh situation you know that's kind of been a uh, it's kind of been an issue that's kind of been revolving around uh camp and everything like do you think that it's going to be bad mojo for the Ole Miss offense because it might be a day of decision or do you think that maybe they've already figured out who it is they're just not making it public yet after they had a um you know a scrimmage this past weekend and nobody at least in their press conferences didn't release that they knew any information um but they were saying that they think that they're both great QBs so i personally knowing lane don't think that any of them know at least yet I think that they will know prior to the day of, but I think it's going to be like a Thursday, Friday decision that's released for them. And I, I am a little bit biased. I do love Altmaier. I think he's amazing. I think obviously him being with us for a couple of years kind of gives him a good idea of who he's working with. Um, I don't know if Lane has that same love for him, um, but I do think that the team kind of has that same love for Altmaier. So I could see there being some, some, some tension if he's not picked as our starting QB. Nice, nice. Well, that's good to hear that, you know, everybody's kind of on the same page. Like, what are you doing? Also, it's awesome to hear that it sounds like you and Lane Kiffin are on first name basis. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you. Okay, so... You know, I'm a big Matt Corral fan as well. So uh -huh. last year when they won um, the Egg Bowl, or it might not have even have been last year. It might have been the year before. I can't remember. But I had them, their, you know, famous picture in the bus smoking their cigars. I had that as my screensaver on my phone. And my husband was just like, okay, well, I guess I'm trash to you. Um, <laughs> and I was like, well, you are for football season. Um <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I am, I do believe that I'm on a first name basis with Lane. Um, I don't know. I would maybe look into the polygamy if Lane wanted to uh, make me a wife. I could, whoa, I could maybe go whoa. there. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hot take of the week. Oh man. Well, <laughs> well I love him. I just think that he's great. I think he's great for Ole Miss. Um, because I've been an Ole Miss fan like my whole life. So I was a huge, huge fan freeze fan but you know he had uh, an issue calling escorts and all that so that's great yeah. but <laughs> lane, <laughs> lane kind of reminds me a lot of hugh as in he says what he wants when he wants and doesn't really care about what anybody else has to say um and Ole Miss is pretty 
pretty okay with that. They let him do what he wants, how he wants. So I think that he is a good addition to our program. Yeah. Well, I mean, I will say Lane has got a good, good reputation uh, so far. At Ole Miss. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, At Ole Miss. He he seems to be, they seem to be taking him pretty serious and letting him really take the reins on all all his decisions. And uh, that kind of leads me into my next question for you is, you know, with this being um, a non-conference game for Ole Miss and, and Lane against uh, against Troy and Troy's new head coach, John Sumrall, do you, do you think this is going to be a game that Ole Miss, like, overlooks? Do you think they're going to use this as, like, let's see what's working for us? Or do you think they're going to hold off on any special stuff to make sure nobody gets a hold of their film too early? Uh, I don't think that's the way Lane rolls. He also kind of did talk in the recent press conference about how he likes to play – Every game is how he's going to play for the season. So Mm -hmm. I think he's going to go out there with what his plan is for the entire season and kind of run with that and tweak it from there. Um, I don't think that he's a big, like, kind of secret keeper type of guy. So we'll see. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, I'm excited about this game. I'm glad to have somebody who I've met that's actually an Ole Miss fan because they are few and far between here in Alabama. Uh, well, yeah, in but, Alabama, because yeah. I think that most people are probably scared to admit they're an Ole Miss fan in Alabama. Yeah, I did see somebody the other day driving around with an Ole Miss tag. So, I mean, it was a very probably small Probably my aunt, because she <laughs> does live here as well. <laughs> well, look at that. Well, um, appreciate you and all your uh, contributions to this conversation uh, so far. But I got one more big question for you, and this is specifically – for Troy fans to know and their knowledge because, you know, this is a out-of-state game. This is an away game. And, you know, people are going to be traveling to Oxford to see this game. So what is one or two places there that you would recommend for food, drinks, or just nightlife? Well, because there's going to be a lot of people just spending the weekend in Oxford. Um, so you're going to look at – well, not look at me, but think that I'm crazy. But um, the gas stations have the best barbecue ever. Wow. I mean, okay. like ev- <laughs> ever. Um, and then there is um, a club, not club, kind of like club bar. It's called the library. Um, it's amazing. I love the library. Um, it's on a like, corner street. Um, I think it's on, I want to say 11th street. Okay. Um, and then there's roosters, which is, um, pretty good so I mean Oxford's got some good nightlife I wouldn't say anything compared to like Tuscaloosa of course um but you definitely have to get there early and check out the Grove because um it's it's a culture shock if you've never experienced the Grove because people have chandeliers hanging in their tents wow okay (laughs) you have to you have to I took my husband last year and um, he had his mouth open the whole time because he's an Alabama fan and they don't even do it like that in Tuscaloosa. So you'll have oh, to yeah. check out the Grove. Yeah, we could we could make a whole other podcast episode about the differences between Tuscaloosa and every other every other football town. Yes, uh, you, you definitely <laughs> could. <laughs> well, Fallon, we definitely appreciate you coming on and, uh, you know, talking about Ole Miss with us and answering those few questions. And we're definitely going to check out some of those spots. The library sounds like a good place for me and the other Troy boys to get into some trouble. Uh, but do you have anything else you'd like to say before uh, we sign off on this segment? 
Uh, hottie toddy and uh, may the best team win. And we're back. Thank you, Bird. Uh, excellent analysis um, and look forward to, to possibly running into that Ole Miss fan uh, and giving them a tissue to dab their tears with um, <laughs> after yeah. Troy wins up in Oxford. Um, now it's time for what's becoming really my favorite segment. Um, and that's when we take questions from the followers of the Troy boys um, or just big debates that are happening inside the Troy fan base. We put them on like bait on a hook and we see can Bass get the worm or does he get snagged? And we call it our tackle box. Um, Bass, this week, the tackle box question is a particularly thorny one. Um, I'm probably going to get, uh, you know, some reputation points taken away on Troy fans just for asking it to you. Um, but it is what record for this season would leave you doubting the summer all higher if any record could do that? Uh, I'm going to take the low hanging fruit here and say five and seven. Uh, okay. I, I mean, uh, it really, though, I mean, uh, 2021, we went five and seven. 2020, we went five and six. 2019, we went five and seven. Um, you know, and, and to me, if you just if you show up and makes, you know, go six and six and we go bowling, I, I think that we have a, a win here for the first year of the John, John Summer All era. That's a win. Um, I, I don't want any way, shape or form for you to be compared to Chip Lindsay. I, I mean, that, right. I think that's the nicest way I can put that, um, you know, and so I feel like if we're in the five and seven range, you begin to be compared to Chip Lindsay, not as a coach, but with your record. We get to say, oh, well, Troy was five and seven last year and the year before that and the year before that. Oh, who was the coach then? And then, then you're instantly connected to that. And I, I don't want right. that for John's first year. I would like for us to have a successful year where we go bowling. You know, even if we don't win the bowl game, us going to a bowl game is something we haven't done since 2018. So I, I think that that, to me, would be we've doubted the higher now is at the five and seven point. If Troy ever goes six and six, um, which, Chip, if you're listening down there or in Orlando, it is possible to win six games in a season. Um, but if Troy <laughs> ever managed to do that, um, one of the places we'd likely go is the Camellia Bowl in Montgomery. Um, and that's and a home I game. That for, I mean, that's that's a oh, home absolutely. game. Like, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, because what they're they're gonna fly in like Buffalo, you know. And I mean, I love love the city of Montgomery, capital of dreams. All right, but like people in Buffalo, New York, are not like you know what I want to do the day after Christmas. I want to hop on a regional Southwest and get myself to Birmingham and then drive down to Montgomery. I mean, that's just not that's not in the holiday plans. All right. So, um, I mean, I think it would it would be a great atmosphere for a six and six Troy team to get a seventh win, get a bowl win. Um, you know, they might not love the, the bowl experience. Montgomery, not quite as exciting as some of our coastal bowls we're attached to. Um, but I, I think it really sets up a great safety net for us, kind of. Um, and I agree with you about that kind of that record for Summerall. Now it's time for a segment. Um, been here since the beginning. Uh, as I get older, I kind of um, begin to, to regret doing it in the first place because it's becoming harder and harder to do. Uh, but that's when I put on my fireproof gear, um, you know, splash cold water on my face, kiss my wife <clears> goodbye <throat> in case I don't make it back, and go into TroyFans.com to bring everyone the TroyFans.com. Hot take of the week. It's so spicy in here. Gosh, it's so hot. It is. It is, you know, 
a lot of slap your mama seasoning uh, going so on in the, in the in the boil over there at, uh, so at Troy fans. Um, so I've actually got a hot take that does not come from Troy fans. So I am going to give a little update on Troy fans um, just so people aren't disappointed. Um, and this, you know, Bass, I think you and Bird are going to be excited about this. Um, the Troy boys actually became the subject of a thread. <gasps> Did we really? Yeah, after the season oh, preview wow. episode aired. Um, all good comments except for one. Um, I don't want to call out any poster by name, um, but I will say, you know, about that negative comment, Bass, sometimes in life there are people who, if they don't like you, um, that's a good sign. You know what I mean? That means they um, probably you, do like you, and they just don't if, want to admit if, it. Yeah. <laughs> if if everybody likes you, that's not great. You know, um, you know, some there are some people that you meet, and if you're like, man, if that guy doesn't like me, I'm doing something right. So I will leave people to read in between the lines on that. Um, today's hot take actually comes from the hallowed halls of Tyne Davis Fieldhouse down in beautiful Troy, Alabama. The athletic department snuck this gym past the Trojan fan base this week, okay? And the quote is, quote, Gunnar Watson, Jarrett Dagey, and Peter Costelli have been locked in a quarterback battle throughout fall camp after Dagey's late arrival to campus on August 18th. That was 10 okay. days ago. Right? Yeah, first, <laughs> first of all, okay, my guy, my boy, my moon and stars, Dagey, <clears throat> hasn't been in Troy long enough to know how to get to the front porch, okay? So if it's... <laughs> If this is already a battle, give him the ball, coach. I mean, if he's come in and this thing is is tough, give him the ball and take him to Oxford, Mississippi. I'll meet you boys there. Second, like, can we get a wellness check on Tucker Kilcrease? That's right. You know, Where's like, he one, at? Yeah. yeah, one one minute he's the reincarnation of Sim Bird, <laughs> and the next. He's not even part of this legendary 10-day quarterback battle. I mean, I'm like, I mean, what, what have we done to this kid? He's disappeared. It's oh heat, gosh, heat from sorry. all yes. directions. That's that's pretty good. Like we we've blatantly ignored the existence of one of our seven quarterbacks. Like <laughs> well, I mean, and no offense to this guy, but like if they didn't talk about Quade Hawkins, I'm like, okay, I mean, you hadn't talked about him all year. But three weeks ago, I, I mean, I was trying to order a, a, a Kilcrease uh, jersey. You know, I mean, it sounded like this guy was going to be the next Brandon Silvers. Now I'm not even talking about him. I don't know. Um, but wow. in all, in all, honestly, the athletic department does a great job putting things out. But I had to pick on pick on them a little bit for that article breaking down the quarterbacks. Um, as we sum up here, obviously, we're very excited. Uh, less than a full week away from watching the Trojans do battle up in Oxford and getting. The John Summerall era started uh, in in good form. Bass, any final remarks uh, before I, we sign I actually off do have a couple final remarks, and this episode's going to go a little bit longer than, than than we probably think it is. Okay, Perfect. so you brought it up at the beginning. You know uh, the quarterback situation for Ole Miss. Um, which one do you think is going to start? Do you think it's going to be Jackson Dart, or do you think it's going to be Luke Altmyer? I personally think it's going to be Altmaier. That's um, what I want I, it to I, be. Like, just looking at the record, I, I think that he has the resume and the experience with the team to do that. But some people are really leaning Jackson Dart. So I want to hear what your thoughts are. Well, I, I think I think Lane Kiff is in, Kiffin is in a position that a bunch of coach, coaches are going to start being in. Like, let's say me, you, and Bird 
uh, put our little ducats together and got an NIL deal together for Daigie. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden coach is now in this position, you know, of, okay, I've got these guys that are donors to the athletic department that are giving, have this NIL deal with this player. If I, if I come out in summer camp or fall camp and say, yeah, that guy's not the starter. This guy is, I'm going to have these boosters in my office because they believe this is the best player. Um, and, and I think coaches are going to be stuck in a position where if a guy, I don't, I'm not using this derogatory. Every everybody's doing it, it's legal. If a guy is paid for in a way, I think there's a lot more consternation about naming somebody else the starter that might not have the same excitement among the fan base. Right. Um, but I think if Jackson Dart was as good as he was projected to be, that Kiffin would have been excited to come out two weeks ago and go, "All hail Emperor Dart! All is well." Um, no more golf balls being thrown at me. Everything is great. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I mean, I think you this... know, yeah, Dart at USC had a lot of attempts. He had 189 attempts last year, 117 completions. He had 1,353 yards. You know, he, he did a lot for USC, but wasn't able, able to capitalize. And, you know, I talked about the transfers. You know, Ole Miss has the second most transfers to USC. So Jackson Dart left USC to come to Ole Miss, who in turn needs the most transfers to fill in the holes of Jackson Dart and others left. So uh, it's just a lot of layers there. So I I think Jackson Dart not saying he's a problem. I just think there's an asterisk there of he and his former team might be a problem. And I don't know if we're willing to capitalize on these problems. Um, Whereas Luke Altmaier has done some things. You know, he played in five games last season being a true freshman. He performed in the Sugar Bowl when Matt Corral was carted off in the first quarter. Um, yeah, I, and so like I see Luke Altmaier as he's an Ole Miss boy, he's been an Ole Miss boy, he's been there for us in the tough times. Let's give him the start and see what happens. And so I, I think that's the route we're going to go. Um, but I, I was just curious as to what you thought because you brought it up and we never we never sat down on who we think it's going to be. But there's a lot of pundits for some reason really think Jackson Jackson Dart's going to be the starting quarterback, and you know it could be either one. You know you could probably flip a coin. And John Summerall is kind of doing the same thing. He's like, oh, well, all three of these guys are doing great, but you, you could kind of figure out which one we're going to start with. But it could be any of them and this and that. And and I and I feel like we're kind of starting to do the same thing. Of We were not really going to say who we're starting anywhere. And, you know, John Summerall said that he was going to announce last week, and that never happened. So I, I don't know that we're going to announce. I think it's going to be rem- – everything's going to remain silent, just like Ole Miss is trying to remain silent on everything from now until then. Um, and that, look, I, I could name, like I said earlier, I could name 15 people I currently have listed right here to identify on the Ole Miss roster of people that we need to look at. But there's just one more that I think we really need to say something about because it was yeah, even AL.com published an article on this kid. It's Charlie Pollock, the punter, the senior transfer from I Tap a Keg Fraternity House. I mean, Nevada. He's really a transfer <laughs> from Nevada. Um, you know, okay. from he's he's from Marietta, Georgia. Did you know that? And went to Nevada to play, and then transferred back out to Ole Miss. Um, okay, he's getting closer to home. He a little bit closer. You know, it's a little upsetting. You know, Marietta is kind of in in Troy's recruiting ground. But anyway, so uh, Charlie Pollock. You know, if if you haven't known, there was the joke story that um, Lane Kiffin put out, and here's his quote from that story. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about him. I think he was down at the frat house, like at a keg party or something. Where did we get him from? 
So we have to condition him to work out a little bit with my guy. But, um, hey, someone go find a punter around campus, and we found this guy that can punt at Division One football, so you never know. So I, I think it was funny. You know, we have Charlie Pollock. He looks like, you know, the stereotypical frat kid with a little bit overweight because he goes and drinks a little bit. But um, I, I think it was it was a, a cute story, and everyone's ran with it. Like, oh, we found this kid at the frat house. I'm like, no, he's really the, he was really the punter in the auto. <laughs> Like, are you kidding me, people? Like, go do 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 a little bit of research for yourselves, please. And you'll you'll, you'll get and, and yeah, and don't do, don't get started in some type of drinking contest, all right? Because we got a guy who spent the last two years with the Hamburg Iron Swans, all right? <laughs> drink you under the table, man, to the porch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Anything else? Uh, no, that, that's about all I got, but I'm looking forward to seeing people in Oxford and uh, hopefully we'll see you on the Grove. If you see us come say, Hey, you might find your way on the pod. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just look for a human uh, that is walking around with an actual fish and a live bird. Um, right. And I'm the human. So just say hi. <laughs> um, and, you know, give us a, give us a go Troy boys. We would appreciate that. Um, Bass, thank you so much uh, for stopping by and being part of the Ole Miss preview. I cannot wait to see you in Oxford. To everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, rate and review, share on Facebook. Go Trojans. And as always, God bless you, Blake Brown.